0: Uh, today I, I started preaching about being on God's hero list and I began to tell you about in Judges the 10th chapter about how uh, the people of, uh, <coughs> that were there in, in Judges 10, uh, the Gileadites, That had camped on the other side of the Jordan, and how they were uh, being uh, had joined themselves worshiping the gods of that area, and yet um, they got themselves in a jam. They confessed, but they didn't repent. And uh, the Lord basically said, until you actually repent. And I, I got to thinking about that today. You know, that, that was the whole problem with Adam and Eve back in the very first sin. They confessed what they did. In fact, they even had a hard time confessing whenever the Lord said, hey, did you eat of that tree? Uh, their confession consisted of, well, the lady you gave me... Well, if it wasn't for the serpent, and so they didn't, they had trouble. So people have a hard time even confessing, much less repenting or much less turning, or much less doing something different. You know, it's hard enough for me to confess, and yet, uh, at some point, you're not only supposed to confess, but then you're supposed to have a a turnaround. And they did, and the Lord immediately uh, was going to help them. They, of course, didn't wait on the Lord, and they went and talked to Jephthah. Now, Jephthah had to overcome his birth. He had to overcome um, his uh, you know the where, how he was born, what he was born into, family, and uh, I, I could probably spend a week or more talking about and giving you examples of individuals that have been so hampered by what they either had or were cheated out of having in their childhood or in their life and well I didn't have it as easy as so and so and if I would have had of this and if I would have had of that and if this would have been different and if I would not have been and I've heard every story you can imagine about what I would have had happen and how much better I would have had it and how much easier but at some point you got to say I can be a new creature in Christ oh things are passed away God is not as interested in my first birth as he is in me being born again of the water and of the spirit that's what's important so first you got to repent then you got to be born again and if you're gonna be in one of God's heroes. And so then, of course, Jephthah, and I told you tonight was gonna to be hard, uh, but Jephthah then had to overcome bitterness because he had been thrown out, cast out by his family, and he had to be willing to come back. Now, I, I can't say that Jephthah overcame it with flying colors because when you read it very carefully, he says, okay, you, know, you, uh, you put out there on the table that I'll be the leader, so let's make sure that you agree to that, and let's have a coronation ceremony. So he was a little bit self-centered in his willingness to come back. He was not like, okay, like Joseph, uh, who was just immediately saying, uh, okay, I understand, and he'll forgive and forget. But uh, he did have to overcome bitterness because every one of us have had situations. If you've never had anybody do you wrong or say anything or hurt your feelings, God bless you, you've probably hurt everybody. We will pray for you because if no one's ever hurt you, then you must have hurt a lot of people. because you can't imagine whenever you get hurt it's easy then to you know be a little more kind to other people you understand what i'm saying uh, it's when we get hurt sometimes that we we uh, you know get bitter and we get angry and i understand all of that and i talked about it and then the last thing about jephthah and this is the big controversial subject found in judges the 11th chapter you can read Jewish scholars you can read, uh, other scholars you can read and read and read, but we know that Jephthah went through, uh, he had to overcome his brashness. When Jephthah had this coronation ceremony, he immediately decided to engage the enemy. He was he was very calm. He didn't go off and try to pound anybody and beat him up. He was very wise. He tried to uh, s- s- broker peace. He tried to establish connectivity. He in fact sent a messenger. Uh, the Bible tells it that he sent a messenger. Uh, let me <clears throat> let me read it to you. Uh, he in. Uh, Uh, Judges, the 11th chapter, 12th and the 13th verses. He sent messengers to the king of Ammon and said, "Um, you know, what are you doing to me? What does that have to do with me that you're coming to fight in my land? And the king of Ammon answered the messengers of Jephthah and said, because Israel took away my land, uh, you got to give them back to me peaceably and I'll You know, you give back to me the land that I, the territory that I have. Now Jephthah was very cool, was very calm. And he uh, immediately, um, he went uh, and he he laid out a four point. You read it in in Judges 11th chapter and I'm not going to read all the verses. But he laid out a, a four point argument as to why this wasn't Ammon's land. He said, he went through the historical facts. He talked about coming up out of Egypt. He had all of the dates and times and and who it was and who they tried to get passage through. And he said, when we came out of Egypt, we tried to do this and your, your guys wouldn't let us and they came and attacked us and then this happened. And then he lays it all out to prove that this was not Ammon's land. And so after he says that, He then lays out the theological reasons. He actually says, if if your God would have wanted you to have this land, then your God would have given it to you. He gave it to us. Our God gave us this land. He laid that out. Then he laid out the legal reasons. He went through and he said, you have no legal right. You have no basis of claim. You have attacked us. This is our land. It's not our fault. We're not taking your land and you're trying to get it back you you know, you have no legal right to this land. It was a great argument. And then he went through the personal reasons at the last part of that chapter. He basically just said, in verse 27, he said, plus, you know, I've never fought you. I've not picked a fight with you. And it was beautiful, beautiful, logical, green argument. It was just like this, you know, I'm going to lay it out and you'll decide that in fact it is not your land. And guess how? The king of Ammon responded. He ignored him. It's kind of amazing because, you know, you can have all the logical reasons in the world why something should happen. And there, you know, the Lord was bringing a showdown that was going to happen. And he was not going to talk his way out of it, if that makes sense. And so sometimes that's going to happen in our lives, you know. You may do your best to be peaceful, you may do your best to try to avoid, but guess what? Sometimes it's inevitable there's gonna be some conflict. You don't have to freak out about that. You don't have to go, oh my Lord, I never want to. Blessed are the peacemakers, and I don't want to. Yes, I agree you want to be a you want to be a peacemaker, but sometimes you're gonna to have to fight to maintain your place. Yeah. You ha- you can't be afraid of a fight either. You understand? I'm not saying you go around and you try to pick a fight and you try to say, well, bless God, I just, you know, I let them know. I gave it right to them between the eyes and I don't understand why they don't like me. Well, I don't know you tell you why they probably don't like you. You were not trying to be peaceful. But at the same time, if you try to do your best and they still attack, then you're going to have to get ready. And then we know what Jephthah did of all the reasons. Go ahead. Next slide there. And, and so what happened was the spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah and and he began to uh, feel this surge of the Spirit. Now when he felt this surge of the Spirit, this is where the brashness comes in or the the rashness, the brashness, the, uh, you know, stand out there and whatever. All of a sudden he vows a vow unto the Lord and said if you will without fail deliver the children of Ammon into my hands then it shall be that whatsoever comes out of the doors of my house to meet me when I return in peace from the children of Ammon shall surely be the Lord's and I will offer it up for a burnt offering. That's the brashness. He didn't consult That he didn't ask, What do you think? What is going on? He just felt the spirit of the Lord, and so he makes a declaration and he tries to throw it off on God because he said, God, you get to choose whatever comes out of the house, basically, and then you get to pick what offering you want. If it would have been an unclean animal, if it would have been somebody else's child, if it would have been a neighbor. I vowed a vow unto the Lord. He didn't. If you're going to make a hero of faith, you have to at some point temper when the Spirit moves on you just doing your own thing. Making your own statements. Laying it at the feet of God. Because, and the reason why I say that, you say, what are you saying? Because God has given us checks and balances in the Word, the Word of God, in the body, He didn't consult anybody. He didn't call the elders together. He didn't figure out what should we do. What can we give God? How are we going to honor God? God did not require this kind of a sacrifice. As a matter of fact, we'll get real specific. God forbid, forbade human sacrifice. And I, go ahead, the next slide. I I am not actually sure. The Bible is very unclear what happened and you, you can find as many scholars that will argue one end of this story and, and that will argue the other end of the story. There are some that say, of course, that Jephthah was not able to legally offer a sacrifice because, number one, he was the son of a harlot, he was not a priest. So he would have had to have brought whatever sacrifice to Shiloh where the tabernacle and ought bring it to the priest to give as a burnt offering. And so they would not have killed a human. They would have said like Samuel who was given to the Lord, you will be a servant here for the rest of your life. Okay? So there are some that argue that. There are some that argue that he possibly just simply built a house and refused to let his daughter get married which of course cut off his line, lineage, because she happened to be his only child. Because it was his daughter that came out. Now, when you look here, and I, I know I said this was hard and I apologize. I, Because when you stop and think about this, you know, he had made this Logical reason and yet he vows a vow. Puts it on God as to whatever sacrifice. And the 34th verse tells us. Jephthah came to Mizpah to his house and behold his daughter came out to meet with him with timbrels and with dances. She was his only child. Besides her he had neither son nor daughter. And it came to pass that Uh, next slide when he saw her he rent his clothes he immediately got very depressed and said alas my daughter thou hast brought me very low thou art one of them that trouble me for I have opened my mouth unto the Lord and I cannot go back so now guess who's to blame God and my daughter she should have never come out she should have sent a servant out What are you doing coming out of the house anyway, you bad kid? You've depressed me. Well, guess what? It's his brashness that got him into this. He got himself into it. And we're not really sure what happened to the daughter. She was forbidden to marry. Was she sent to the tabernacle? Did it work as a servant or was she sacrificed? What we do know is that Jephthah knew the law. And you can say, well, he wasn't taught the law, but he laid out every logical argument To Ammon about why and he knew what had happened. So he knew the law. Leviticus the 27th chapter and I didn't write it all out. But you can go there just open it up. Leviticus chapter 27 and it talks about if you somebody vows a vow to offer a human as a sacrifice you can redeem them. And it tells you if it's a male, it costs 50 uh, shekels of the tabernacle. If it's a female, it's 30 shekels. Sorry, ladies, you weren't worth as much as the guys at that time. And then it says if you're between 5 and 20 years old and you're a male, well, then it's so many, it's 20 shekels. And then if you're a female between 5 and 20, it's only 10 shekels. And so, you know, it goes through the whole thing that you can redeem and not offer sacrifice because God was against human sacrifice. So you can read Leviticus and it's, this is confusing, this is why nobody in their right mind and I, it's just been a four days of craziness or I wouldn't be preaching on it either. <laughs> because you just don't know what happened to her, but we know that she, she goes, dad, you vowed a vow. And we know that the law would allow him to get out of it. But she basically says, let me go off and cry for two months. And so, you know, did Jephthah know the law well enough to understand that she could be redeemed? Did a priest, you know, he had no right to offer a burnt sacrifice. He wasn't a priest. In that time, only the priest could offer a burnt sacrifice. You had to bring it to the tabernacle and let them offer it. So did he bring her, and they took her as a servant? The questions are immense. Because in this hour, it's easy to get very brash. It's easy to get very bold. I felt the spirit move. And I'm going to say this, but there, are, there were numerous stories in Jephthah's own history that he knew of where people vowed and God allowed them to change their mind. For example, David, Abigail, and Nabal, remember? Nabal refused to let David's men eat when he had protected them. And David vowed, he said, before God, I'm going to kill him. Nabal was drunk, didn't know what was going on. Abigail grabbed some bread, grabbed some stuff, food, ran out to meet David and said, David, please, my husband It's crazy. Whatever you do, don't go kill him. And David stopped and said, All right, I won't kill him. And when Nabal woke up from his drunken stupor and he heard what he had done, he had a heart attack. The Bible says his heart turned to stone. Remember the story? Some of you, back in the Old Testament. His heart turned to stone, died. And then Abigail, David married the widow Abigail. God overlooked his brashness. Because if you continue the story into the 12th chapter, the children of Ephraim try to come and they try to... It's arrogance. It's amazing the pride that was going on in the children of Israel. And I know my time is up 6 o'clock. But they come and they go, we're mad at you and we're going to come and kill you because you wouldn't let us fight with you against Ammon. And you're just like, what did I miss in this picture? You're mad because I didn't let you fight with me and now you're going to come kill me because you wanted to be my friend? You know, I'm not going to be your friend anymore because you wouldn't let me be your friend whenever you were going down to fight the bullies. Well, I was your friend because I tried to get you and you didn't want to join. People from Ephraim came and that's where the story, you remember the Shibboleth or Sibboleth? Because they had a speech impediment. And they couldn't say Sibboleth. They would try to say Shibboleth. And they couldn't do the S-H sound. And so all they could say was Sibboleth. Now this was when Jephthah was alive. And he was the judge. And so all the Ephraimites came. And they were blending in. And so guess what they did. They would say, hey, tell us. Can, what, hey, can you say Shibboleth? And they'd go, yeah, sib, uh, Sibboleth. Uh, shib- uh, <coughs> That's so you're from from then. You're not from here. Killed 42,000 of them. And yet in all of this, he made it to Hebrews 11th chapter. So here we are. (laughs) Jephthah's unwillingness to submit to the entire word of God. His unwillingness to listen to others who would have told him he couldn't kill his daughter. You know, the people convinced Saul not to kill Jonathan. A few years before, remember when Saul made a brash statement and said, if anybody eats tomorrow, we're going to kill him." And Jonathan, his, uh, his own son was coming back from the war and didn't know it, grabbed some honey with his servant. And somebody said, hey, your son. And so people said, Oh, you can't kill him. We've all at times probably been somewhat brash. What Jephthah realized was that you can't put God on the spot for being responsible for my actions sometimes I gotta take ownership it's me I'm the one who did this Lord well Lord you didn't you know I, I know I've, I've done that what Jephthah could have done and, and this was he made it as a hero of the faith Because when you read in the 12th chapter of Judges, he basically got the Lord's help in fighting the next battle. Jephthah was asking God. His prayer is an awesome prayer in the 11th chapter. But if Jephthah would have just left it with saying humbly, I need you, Lord, to help me. I I am not, you know. And when you read the story of Simon Peter, who was very brash, very bold very challenging to God very challenging to Jesus he was always ready to say hey wait a minute Lord I got a great idea hey wait a minute Lord I got let me tell you what you need to do about this hey wait a minute God and the Lord can use that part of your personality but you can also be born again and say I'm gonna stay connected to the body I'm gonna be connected to everybody else why because Simon Peter was bold. He was on the day of Pentecost. He was great. And you can say, I'm going to be hard charging. And I'm going to just take over. But you know what? Simon realized, you know what? After the Holy Ghost, after he had denied the Lord, it changed his attitude to the point that even though God spoke to Simon... And told him, go kill the unclean animals and go to Cornelius' house. This was Simon who opened the door to the Gentile. And God used Simon in a mighty way. Simon could have easily said, when Acts the 15th chapter comes, look, you guys are a bunch of dummies. God talked to me. You don't tell me what to do. I get mine from God. But he didn't. He said, let me tell you what happened whatever you guys decide and the Bible says you know when you read Acts the 15th chapter he submitted to him and then in Galatians the second chapter Simon kinda got off track a little bit remember Paul told him said hey Simon you're eating with the Jews and ignoring the Gentiles and Simon said we know Simon responded correctly because Later in that same letter, Paul said, He's a pillar in the church. He's connected to the body. If you're gonna be a hero in the faith, you gotta be connected somewhere. You gotta stay connected. You can say, Well, I I get mine directly from God. I sorry. That's what Jephthah did. He he got it directly from the Lord. I'll let you decide. You can tell me what to do. Whoever comes out of my house, it became such a controversy. That's not what brought him to the Hebrews 11 chapter, his brashness. It was when he overcame it in the 12th chapter. And he said, Lord, how do you want me to handle my own cousins, if you will, wanting to come and fight me? When he hit the whole Shibboleth and Sibboleth plan. I know it's a hard story. It's a hard thing to talk about. But I guess as I begin to read about Jephthah, I thought, I, we got so many great young folks. We got many heroes of the faith sitting out here, people that have held on to God, been connected to the body. I'm praying that no matter how much COVID, separates us, how much it pulls us apart, how much, oh, you say, well, we can't, and we're doing our best. I know Brother Dave and Sister Sheena talked to me about trying to integrate a thing where we can get the young married couples and connect them in and bring them in, and this past weekend, I think Brother Josh and Caitlin and and some of the hyphen had a meeting Friday night, is that right? Friday night and Saturday, and here is online, all digital, and, and trying to stay connected, trying to stay apart. What are you doing? Why are you Doing all that because ever more we need the body. I know. Well, we're not having youth to service, or we're not having nursery, or we're not. And it's so easy to just get lost in the fray. And it's so easy to say, "Oh well, I can stay at home, and I don't have to raise my hands, and I don't have to be there." I, as long as I give, and so much the more, yeah. as you see the day approaching, and I'm not. Don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not, if you're watching online and you're concerned about coming, I'm, this is not an attack. I'm not telling you to come back. What I'm telling you is don't lose connection with the body. Because your own brashness, your own ability to, oh, I can, get, I got this. I don't know what happened to his daughter. We don't know her name, but we know that For too much, she cried. Jephthah. I don't know if you How how do you rebound from knowing what you've done to your own children? Because God never required that. God didn't need that from me. He just needed me. I don't have any right to offer you. That's why... Romans, Paul wrote it like this. He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Not anybody else. You can't force anybody else to do whatever. But present yourself a living sacrifice. And then he uses this word, which is your reasonable. That's within reason. Service. Oh, well. That's asking too much. The Lord's asking too much for me to be connected to the body. Oh, oh no. I'm so glad I'm part of the body, part of the family of God. Let's stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.